This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast presented by MediShare. This is the show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing great today. This is a special episode for you because our guest has an absolutely incredible story. This is a story unlike any story we have shared on this show. Our guest is Micah McElveen. He is the founder and CEO at Vapor Ministries and the author of the book, Dying for Purpose. A Fatal Accident, A Resurrected Life, A Divine Purpose. That sums up his life and and what he's going to share with us today on the show. And, And so you'll hear his story from being a high school athlete to a surfing accident to starting a, a ministry that's impacting hundreds of thousands of people worldwide. And along the way, he's he's connected with, uh, who we just had on the show recently, Benjamin Watson, Tim Tebow. They endorsed his book. Um, and so it, this is, this is a, a, a powerful, inspiring, jaw-dropping story. Uh, and he shares a little bit with us today. And so you'll, you'll enjoy uh, what Micah has to say, and, and you'll, you'll just kind of shake your head and be blown away. It's almost hard to even do an interview like this because I, like, read about him before, and then you do the interview, and you're, like, you're trying to process. You're like, wait, that happened? Are you kidding me? And you almost don't even know, like, what to say. Like, there's no response that justifies what he's, he's saying. Like, I probably used the word incredible a couple times, but it's, tr- it's tricky because it's just like, are you kidding me? Um, so I, you'll you'll probably feel the same way. One thing I, I read, we actually didn't get into this specifically, uh, but uh, I'll read this just to give you kind of a, a, an idea of what the interview is about. But uh, this quote says, McElveen discovered that purpose was never designed to be a destination, but rather a bridge connecting you to the place where you are designed to make a difference. And so he's making a difference in his life, and, and, and you'll hear that. Stick around at the end of the interview. I'll give you a few more thoughts. Before we jump in, let me thank our presenting sponsor, MediShare. MediShare is an innovative healthcare solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality. MediShare is a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance. And so you can text the, the word UNPACK to the number 201201. 201. 
text the number uh, text unpack to the number 201 201 uh, my wife and I we've been members of MediShare for for over 5 years and they've provided us with an affordable and effective way to pay for healthcare and and so grateful for them uh, you could check out their website metashare.com and and then do slash unpacking it so metashare.com slash unpacking it and find out if they are the right fit for you and your family and and get a quote uh, to figure out if you can save some money uh, and and be able to have health care for your family so thank you metashare but right now let's jump in here is our guest Micah McElveen. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Unpacking it with Bryce Johnson. And joining us on the MetaShare guest line is Micah McElveen, founder and CEO at Vapor Ministries. He's the author of Dying for Purpose. The book is endorsed by Benjamin Watson, who we just recently had on the podcast, and Tim Tebow. Dying for Purpose delivers a fresh perspective on pain, purpose, and mission. Readers are challenged to rethink the role of struggle and success here on Earth. Micah, it's great to have you on Unpacking It. How are you? Doing great and glad to be on with you. Man, well, we have got a lot to discuss with you today, and I, I want to hear the, the, the full story. And, and, of course, people will, will read more uh, in the book, but, but as far as being able to, to share a lot of your story today, uh, I'm excited about it. And so let, let's begin in, in 1995. Who were you? What was life like? What was your uh, kind of perspective on life, outlook on life, and then what then ended up happening? Yeah, so uh, I was full of dreams, uh, full of aspirations, and full of myself. Uh, so I would, I, would, uh, I would say, looking back, that really my dreams in life were all about um, assets and mm-hmm. accolades, right? I wanted the dough, uh, but might as well have the fame to go with it. And ball was my ticket. Uh, pitched, played shortstop, played quarterback, free safety, played point guard. Wanted to be a, you know, a light-skinned Deion Sanders, you know, uh, go nice. prime time, but be big time, go three, you know, do, do it, do it up. So culture says, do you, and I was, I was all about me and, uh, and that needed to change. And so you were, you were in high school at this point. Yes, sir. All right. So you're in high school, 1995 and it's your family. You guys go on a, on a beach trip. Yeah. So we had um, lived out on the West coast. My dad was an athletic director and head football coach, coach for 18 years. And we moved out to Florida. And um, the only time where there was uh, surfable waves, rideable waves out in Florida was when the hurricanes would kick up surf. And so my father had just challenged me after a practice. Uh, He had said, you know, son, I've coached against some of the greats. I believe you have talent to play at the next level. But he said, life isn't about a game. You know, God's made you on purpose for purpose and success is selling out to his plan for your life. Mm. And what happened was it, it really crystallized an internal tension. And the night before a big football game, I got up in my room and I said, God, it's my life. This is what I want to do with my life. Uh, you know, Jesus, you can be savior, but I want to be Lord. Yeah. Uh, and, and this tension of who is going to direct life uh, was forming. And next, uh, next thing you know, we go down to the beach and it wasn't the normal beach trip. 
Wow. Well, so, okay. So this is a very, uh, you remember that tension going back and forth, kind of wrestling with the Lord. And now all of a sudden you're, you're out the next day in, in the ocean and what ends up happening? Yeah. So my brother and I always competitive, we're racing to see who could get to the water first. And there was huge beach break. Uh, and so I was running as fast as I could and I saw a swell reform. And just before it crashed on the beach, I threw my body into the wave and I dove headlong. And when I hit the water, like something happened, it was like a shock just kind of raced through my body. And so instinctively I knew to lay still, uh, but the momentum of the dive kind of carried me through the water and I was groggy face down, like something was off, but I didn't know what. And the next wave rolled me over. And when I rolled over, I could see the surface. I could see the air, but my body won't work. Gosh. So this is a, a, a scary moment. And, and so do you remember all of this at any point? When did you kind of black out? And then ultimately, when did you think you died or you did die or what? Take us into what, what actually happened there. Yeah. So here I am, I'm looking up and I see the surface, I see the air. Uh, but I tried to put my lips together and when I reached for air, I sucked in water and I literally pass out, uh, immediately my body was caught in what's called a long shore current. So I was pulled under and down, uh, oh. my brother, he had seen me dive in. He doesn't think anything's wrong. He gets the football after a few moments, he walks down to where I dove in and he looks out in the water. He doesn't see me. He thinks I'm playing a joke. So he leaves the place where I dove in. He begins to look in the bushes and every moment that passes, I'm, I'm literally dying. So my parents, they dropped us off, uh, got my, parked the car, uh, made their way down to the beach. They find my brother frantically searching and to make a long story short. Um, they asked about estimate that about five to seven minutes passed from the time my brother saw me dive in to the time they saw a stranger about 150 yards down the beach. He was standing in a slack pool of water and he was lifting a hand on a corpse. And so that's when they knew that, that I had died. Oh my gosh. I mean, this is an unbelievable story. And so from there, uh, what ends up happening? So my mom, you know, she hits the beach. She's screaming at the top of her lungs, you know, God, 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 don't take my son. My father runs down, runs down. He pulls my body out of the surf. I'm, I'm blue, limp, a flat line. Technically, clinically, I'm dead. My brother gets my mom up, they call 911, and then, you know, the 911 story, right? EMTs, uh, defibrillators, uh, resuscitation, uh, helicopter, and I don't remember much of the first week, but I was like choking on something, and I gagged too, like tubes in my nose, my throat, and I can't move anything on my body, but I see my father in the corner of the room, like bags under his eyes, hadn't shaved. Oh. Uh, the very first words out of my mouth were, was, how did I do in the game? Uh, And my my father looked back and he said, you didn't play, you broke your neck. And so that's where I learned that, that I had died. I had broke my neck. Uh, That's when I learned my dreams were shattered. Uh, That's when I learned that I was totally quadriplegic on life support. Uh, But that's also where I learned that life is like a vapor. Which, which we definitely will have to unpack further. And so, all right, how, how long of a, of a, I, mean, I guess it's an ongoing healing process, but but kind of take us into where are you at now, just from a, an injury standpoint. Then we'll talk about the spiritual side of things, but just physically from that point to even now, what have been some of the benchmarks for uh, healing? I guess. 
Yeah. So uh, initially it was survival. Um, I was in a halo uh, and then an Aspen neck brace. So I was in traction for six months. Um, they were, it was touch and go up front. I'd shattered four vertebrae in my neck, totally quadriplegic. So literally life support. Uh, first thing I could move on my body was my right big toe. Um, I was in a wheelchair for an extended period, um, in rehab for the better part of a couple of years. Um, and little bit by little bit, uh, God just granted me more mobility. Um, and today I have about a 30% of my left arm. So I still have some paralysis in about 40% of my right arm but I've got full use of my legs and, and I'm, I'm mobile and can take care of myself. And I've got a wife that loves me and doesn't care about my skinny shoulders. So uh, physically, uh-huh. uh, literally I was, I was neck down, couldn't even breathe on my own. And by God's grace, uh, um, I have a lot, lot that it, that he's, he's given me back today. That's incredible. And then I was reading, you played soccer at, at some point though, after yeah, the injury. So- yeah, so pretty crazy. So I, I played football, basketball, and baseball uh, before my accident. Um, and fast forward, because of those athletic uh, uh, inklings, they were still there. I wanted an outlet, and my legs were, were uh, actually getting better and good enough to play. And so I played, uh, my, I played a little bit in high school, and then I actually got to play four years in college. So, uh, but my perspective was different. Instead of sports being an idol, uh, instead of it taking me away from a walk with God, it now became a platform, a place where I could glorify him and help uh, minister to others and connect people to a life-giving relationship with him. Amen. So, all right, let, let's dive into that and, and unpack that further. So you, you mentioned before the accident, you're, you're wrestling with the Lord. Okay, you, you're good with him being your savior, but is he is he really going to be your Lord? And and so then you you deal with this you know unbelievable, incredible uh, accident that then you you are able to survive. And so how does God reveal himself to you through that experience? How does it, it deepen your faith and, 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 and how has it ultimately changed your, your whole perspective on, uh, on your purpose here on earth? Yeah, I'd say first, he really revealed himself in brokenness. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, when, when you're young like that and you think you're immortal and on top of the world, um, man, the fall was, was hard, right? The physical pain was intense. The nerve, my nerve endings are firing. I can't feed myself. I can't touch my face. I can't wipe myself. I can't take care of myself. So the emotional, spiritual, psychological, and physical challenge up front was super intense to the point where I really wanted to die. Uh, But God revealed himself and was present in brokenness. You know, Emmanuel, uh, God with us, like that presence of God, the spirit of God, and so he used that to really help me realize that truly I was always dependent on him and he hadn't left me, uh, that mm. he was there. And I began to lean into him, the person of God. Uh, but he also began to show me how my brokenness could actually be a tool um, to serve those who in their own ways are experiencing uh, neglect and, and disenfranchisement uh, and, and hurt. And so that idea of Hey, look, my brokenness can be served, can be a tool, can be a conduit through which I can connect to broken people in our world. And, and that in time, I begin to really see God's heart for the hurting, for the poor, for the marginalized, God's heart for those that have less access to the gospel. And God would take that in time uh, and really show me how uh, in drawing close to him and understanding the concept of the hurts of others, that he could indeed use me to serve uh, some of the poorest people, some of the 
people that are least served on planet earth which is is what you're doing and 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 your ministry is called vapor ministries and and you mentioned the the word vapor earlier and and your recognition that life is a a vapor which is so true and 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 really a great name for for a ministry and and, and I saw on your website it says at the end of the day life is a vapor the question is will we waste it or invest it and and so Let's go back to the the start of the ministry. And and I, I started unpacking it. And so I know what it's like to to start from scratch and it's it's hard and challenging. But I, I gotta say, from what I've I've heard, it sounds like yours was even harder of an experience uh than, than mine. But tell us what it was like uh at the beginning and, and how this kind of this this vision God gave you uh for this ministry and the steps you took to pursue it. Yeah. So um I ended up really academically learning about extreme poverty hurts in places that I had never uh, understood. Um, you know, over 700 million people are trying to survive on less than a dollar 90 a day. And I really came to a point in my life, uh, my freshman year of grad school where I was like, I got to go experience it. I'd never been in, in extreme poverty. So I stayed for a month in a, in a slum in, in East Africa. And I stayed in indigenous people's homes and I stayed with a missionary family outside uh, just outside of the community. And I built relationships and poverty became personal, man. I saw things that I'll never be able to describe, uh, and built relationships with, uh, beautifully created people that their struggles and their challenges. It's, it, I can't even communicate what people were going through. And the short version is I came back from that experience, knowing that I was going to spend the rest of my life trying to forget what I saw or spend the rest of my life trying to do something about it and wrestling in that tension and asking God, what do you want me to do? Right. Uh, he birthed the ministry that we now call vapor. So I actually came back. I dropped out of grad school. Uh, I moved into my car and I uh, lived in my car for about eight months. Um, and during that period, uh, we were able to raise some resources, assemble a board, crystallize the vision. I moved back to Africa and then lived on less than a less than a dollar twenty five a day was when my eating budget. I uh, lived at two canyons, didn't take a hot shower for a year, and we built out this ministry model that um, became the the template uh, for what we're doing today. And by God's grace, today we're literally serving hundreds of thousands of people on a weekly basis, and we have over five hundred thirty team members serving across the world. And God's just doing incredible things. So yeah, very humble beginnings. Uh, periods of homelessness. My salary was $745 a month for four years. So very non-typical uh, first five years in particular, but we've got some scale and girth uh, today and, and, and man, some great people not doing some great work. Wow. I mean, gosh, all right. There's so much I want to, I want to hear more about. And, and so, all right, eight, eight months living in your car. What did that really mean? What did that, what did that look like? Cause I think people hear that and they go, all right, whoa, whoa, whoa. what's that? What's What's that yeah. all about? Yeah. So what's crazy it was eight months as a single. Then I lived in the car for a year um, as a married couple. My bride, my best friend, uh, she agreed to that. And then a year in a slum. So the first three years were pretty crazy. And oh, one of the things that gosh. we tried to do is outline like what was the house, aka the car actually like? How did we actually do it? And it's pretty wild. There's a whole section dedicated in the in the book. And um, but yeah, I had a had a section in the back seat that was kind of my bed. And then I had a my kitchen area was a little cooler behind the the back left seat. And then there was like space for like the shoes and the shirts. And I would go, uh, I remember one time um, I was, uh, I, you know, I'd, I was speaking in Texas and it was a week before my next engagement. I, 
people didn't know that I didn't have anywhere to stay. And so if they didn't offer me a hotel or a place on the floor at the church, I was, you know, I was sleeping in the car. And so I pulled into this little town in Lubbock, Texas. Um, uh, I was needed to find a way to make a week work and didn't have any money. And I pulled into a, a parking lot of a JC Penney's because I knew there was mall security and uh, walked across the, the street to the Chili's, sat at the bar for about four or five hours, had a salad and then a, a cup of water and made me some ghetto lemonade and just caught up on the news and then crawled in that, that the car that night just because, you know, I didn't want to spend any money. And because, uh, you know, we didn't really have any to spend. And I was just laying there like, God, I feel like I'm going backwards. Uh, oh. and, and isn't it crazy that through those humble beginnings, uh, like today, he's doing stuff that is miraculous, that uh, this is my first job out of college. None of what we're doing today should be happening. But, you know, he's that good. So. Amen. Amen. I mean, I, I'm blown away by it. And, you know, I, I guess you've you've alluded to this, but how important was you experiencing that in order to uh, have the compassion that's needed for, for the work that you're doing and the people that you're interacting with. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you really nailed it. When I look back, uh, there's multiple key experiences and they're crazy stories today and they're quite entertaining. The, the book actually reads like a movie, um, but there's multiple experiences. Uh, like we talked about the, the breaking of my neck, the going through a period of wanting to die, intense pain, rehab. Uh, we didn't get into some of the racism that I saw firsthand in, in high school. Um, I was actually stabbed by former KKK members or alleged KKK members um, because of my relationship with some amazing black friends. And then they had to step in and protect me in situations. So these experiences around, you know, seeing neglect and hurt and shaming of people based off their color or their status in life. And then having uh, people of color step around me and, help me through challenge and and God used that to make racial, you know, kind of this, this concept of serving people that don't look like me. And then, like you said, the period living in the car and experiencing want, and you take all of that forward and, and see how God has used this kind of crazy story that seemed like a ton of puzzle pieces strewn, uh, strewn across the floor. And actually he's built a puzzle out of it. He's, He's made something beautiful where today there's a multi-ethnic ministry that is doing great work. So yeah, it's been, been pretty crazy to see how he's used those trials to actually produce something that's, that's really more triumph. So that's beautiful. So beautiful. And, and you mentioned your wife, she jumps on board. She, she's all in with you and she would have to be to, to say, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll live in a car. So, I mean, how, how important was that season of life, you know, your first year of marriage in that circumstance how did that strengthen and, and lay the foundation for now how long have you been married Eight, 18 years is that we're heading on our 16 year 16, 16 years okay yes yeah, so, so, you know the reality is is my bride audrey she was in day one she was ready to do this and be married before i was it took me a little while to to see the gym that i had so we were obviously boyfriend and girlfriend before we were married she wanted she wanted to live in the live in the slum with me from the beginning she wanted to live in the car from the beginning it took me a little while to come around to that. Um, and I didn't want to, I didn't feel like I could provide. And um, she was, she was basically doing Vapor's books from her college dorm room while I was in Africa. She was making it happen. And so she flew over to Africa while I was living there at a certain point. 
And, and I just told her, she was like, what are you waiting for? Like, I want to be here with you. I want to do this. And I just told her, I was like, look, I don't have any white picket fence to offer you. I can't take care of somebody. I mean, I'm look at my salary, 745 months. I can't do this to you. And she looked across and she said, since when did I ever ask for a white picket fence? She said, all I've wanted to do is serve with you. And so we, I actually dropped on my knees and proposed uh, with a 75 cent uh, ring that I had picked up from the, from the uh, local community. Cause I was like, all right, she's in it to win it. Let's do this. Let's do it. Ah, oh, what a story. Gosh, what a, what a woman and a wife for, for you. That's, that's amazing, man. Uh, vaporministries.org is the website. So encourage everybody to check that out. Vaporministries.org. And the book is called dying for purpose and, and, and encourage everybody to, to look that up. We'll put the links, uh, in, in the show notes as, as well. And, and I'm just so fascinated too with, with, with all you've been through, uh, just your, your perspective on purpose and mission. And I know you speak around the country as well for, for, for our listeners today. So we've got an audience of, of sports fans and, and, and you know, going about their, their day and working hard and taking care of their family. And some people have the white picket fence, some don't, but maybe every, all of us are kind of chasing after something and here you, you know, you had everything stripped away, humbled at the bottom, and and now God has has restored and redeemed and used your story for His purposes and His glory. You know, what what is your word in regards to purpose and mission for 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 somebody listening today? Yeah, you know, I mean, sports in particular, um, they're a beautiful thing, and if we're able to leverage them um, instead of be consumed by them, then great. Um, what happened for me is instead of being defined by whose I was, um, I began to be consumed by what I did. I took on that identity. And so I would just encourage people, you're not what you do. Uh, you belong to the most high God. And he wants to make a difference and build his kingdom in a wide variety of ways through many people. And I praise God for those that are inclined athletically and keep their eyes fixed on Christ and leverage that platform to do good in the world. That's awesome. And I thank God for the businessmen and women and the stay at home moms that really see what they're doing as a means to make much of him and serve their neighbor and love people and point them to Christ. I thank God for the MCs and the podcast hosts like yourself who are tapping into something that is neither wrong or right and actually using it for good. And so my message is simply walk the journey, walk the path that God wants you to walk, do what it is he's called you to do, but do all things unto the glory of God and focus on how you can help people spiritually and physically. And if we do that, then we can, we can build the kingdom through all kinds of work. Amen. Amen. And, and so with, with the book, what, what was your kind of uh, approach to it, your, your goal for it when, when somebody finishes reading in the midst of reading it, what, what, what do you hope is the, the big takeaway? Yeah. So first, uh, I actually don't get anything from the book. All proceeds go to the ministry. So if anybody picks up a book, they're actually helping people in Africa and Haiti. Uh, but we okay. really, the, the goal in the book was threefold. Uh, first light for the loss. Um, I think there'll be people that'll pick this up that are maybe searching and looking for Christ on some level and will encounter like a different testimony, a different perspective and may come to faith in Christ. And, and I'm hoping that, um, second is we, we say, um, not only a light for the lost, but directions for found. I think there's a bunch of people that are, 
they're followers of Jesus, but their, their life isn't connected to their ultimate purpose. They're not making the full difference that they could make. And so I'm hoping people discover their purpose and interpret their life's challenges um, through the lens of God is actually doing something in them. And maybe, maybe people will be able to translate their pain and turn it into purpose. And then for some, it's a cause, right? So some will be uh, hopefully moved by the book and then, and then exposed to some of what we're doing and may say, hey, this is something I want to be involved in. Amen. Amen. The book is called Dying for Purpose. He's Micah McElveen. Micah McElveen. And uh, so, so uh, awesome to, to hear his story today uh, on the show. And, and, and Micah, with, with the few minutes that, that we have left, um, I did want to hear just kind of more even about just how God's working in you personally and, and you know, with even putting yourself kind of out there with this book and, and, and your role with, with leading this ministry. And, and like you said, you know, thousands of people being impacted uh, around the world by this, uh, you know, th- th- comes pressure and, and expectations and things pulling at you. How, how has God now all these years later, when you kind of look at some of the, the key pivotal moments and, and life altering things that have happened to you, where are you at in your walk with the Lord today? And what's, what's God kind of moving and, and working in you right now? Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a pretty uh, powerful season. Uh, uh, first, I would say tied to the book. I really, uh, with wise counselors around me, I came to the place where my story isn't my story. Because I really honestly didn't talk about it that much, uh, but I really became convicted, convinced that this is a story that is God's story and I'm a steward of it. And mm. so how can we share it in a way that really helps people in their journey? So the the intent of the book was like, hey, it's God's, I'm a steward of it, get it out there. And so that's been neat to see it impacting people, to see people uh, experiencing transformation in, in, because of it. And so that's been a blessing. Uh, have two kids, uh, love my bride, love our kids. Family is a, is an absolute adventure and we're so thankful for what God is doing through it. And then the ministry, God's brought incredible leaders. And so we've been, uh, we've structured ourselves to expand and scale, uh, um, with tremendous leaders leading. Um, but God's given us vision. And so we're serving hundreds of thousands today over the course of the next 10 years. We think that he'll allow us to directly serve millions and we're expanding in West Africa, East Africa, and Haiti as we speak. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. And, and, and I guess specifically, what are, what are some of the, 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 the projects that you're working on right now and, and what has you kind of most, most excited or focused on at the moment? Yeah, so we're putting in a brand new 17-acre center in Haiti. Um, we're also, um, scouting for, a, a, a new outreach center in West Africa over the next 10 years, we'll put in 11 new centers is the goal. And so we're, we're building out the model, expressing it in new areas, getting to less reach underserved areas. Uh, this year we're also putting in a prayer and equipping hub, um, which is a training hub to mobilize, uh, folks in East Africa, West Africa, and Haiti so that they can participate as in indigenous missions. So we have this whole multi-ethnic missions push. So, I mean, there's so many things that, that we're excited about. Uh, but um, at the end of the day, touching more lives, reaching more people, uh, helping more people that are, in, that are in extreme poverty have access to a better quality of life. Uh, man, that gets me up every day. Ah, absolutely. I love it. Uh, one last thing I, I came across as I was uh, researching uh, about you is you have a personal board. 
And, and so, you know, your ministry has a board of directors and board of advisors, but, but you actually have a, a personal board. Uh, what, what is the structure of that? And, and even for somebody listening today, what, what, how could they maybe emulate that or, or pursue that in any way? Yeah. So the, the impetus behind it is, you know, the principle in the Bible, he says that in the multitude of wise counselors, there's much wisdom. Mm-hmm. And so there needs to be wise people around you and it needs to be more than one. And so we really train our teams, you know, um, leaders are learners and you want to continually be learning through books, resources, of course, but through different people that share your values and can speak into your life from different perspectives. So, you know, my personal board, um, it has uh, some some folks that are um, they're in, you know, folks like Pastor Chris Hodges and and folks like Tim Tebow, folks that are, are flying at a, at a higher level, but are able to speak into things that are kind of downstream for us and are coming. And then, and then our board of advisors and board of directors, they're really focused on making sure that the ministry is governed effectively. And there's crossover there. All of them care about myself and my family. But at the end of the day, I've got one life, uh, right? One life to steward. Uh, it's like a vapor. And so we want to we want to maximize our impact um, in any way in every way we can both as a both as a husband as a as a as a as a family member as a father as a ministry leader um, everywhere we are we want to make sure that we're doing our best um, to make the biggest impact we can and I believe when I get to the end um, our goal is to hear well done and it rests on the backside of a purpose-filled pathway. Amen. Well, let's end it right there. Tremendous stuff. Vaporministries.org. The book is called Dying for Purpose. He's Micah McElveen and so thrilled to have him on the show today. Micah, man, really appreciate it. It's it's inspiring. It's encouraging. I wish you the best with the book. Keep up the great work with, with the ministry, and uh, let's absolutely stay connected. Thanks, thanks so much for being a part of this. My, my privilege. Thanks for all you're doing, brother. Absolutely. There he is joining us here on the MetaShare guest line right here on the Unpacking It podcast. Sharing the personal side of sports, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Eye-opening, jaw-dropping, incredible story. And I, I just, I love that quote. At the end of the day, life is a vapor. The question is, will we waste it or invest it? And, and so to hear his story, to hear his humility, his willingness to serve other people, and to truly sacrifice to do that. And, and to hear what him and his wife did at the beginning to start this ministry, it's remarkable. And, and to think that, you know, all that he's been through and, and, and just I'm blown away by the way God has worked in his life, took a tragedy, turned it into a triumph, and, and now is, is using Micah in, in incredible ways because Micah is open-handed, open-hearted to, to be used by God. And, and so, you know, you think about this book, uh, and, and I read uh, Dying for Purpose, the book, delivers a fresh perspective on pain, purpose, and mission. Readers are challenged to rethink the role of struggle and success here on earth. And and all too often, myself included, we're all about success. We, we want to be successful. And a, a lot of times, it's a moving target, 
It is a selfish, self-driven target. Um, we don't want to struggle. Yet, you know, we hear Micah's story, and all of that struggle has been redeemed, and, and God's using it, and, and God is meeting people in their brokenness uh, because of, of Micah's willingness to, to serve. Um, and, and oftentimes, you know, we, we avoid people that are, are struggling, right? Because it's some, somehow, you know, we don't want to deal with it. We don't want to think about it. We don't want to be brought down to that, that level. Um, but to actually step into people's brokenness. And, and sometimes that's poverty. Sometimes it's other types of brokenness. Are we willing to step into that um, and to actually be there for people and to help them out of their pain and help them figure out the purpose in the pain? And, and then for, for you and I, you know, what pain have we been through and, and how can we, you know, seek God and, and ask him to, to reveal that, that purpose uh, that he has for us now? To, to use that pain for his purpose and his glory um, and, and ultimately, you know, with our, our purpose for why, why he has us here and, and how that aligns with his overall purpose for this world and, and for people to know him uh, and to know Jesus. And, and so are we living life on purpose and with a mission mindset? What is our mission in life? Is our mission to make as much money as we can to retire and then pass it on to our kids. Because I, I, I think that's a lot of people's mentality. Work hard, you know, have a nice family, make as much money as we can, retire, and then pass on the extra money to the next generation. And not that that's entirely wrong. Um, there's elements of that that can be good, but are we living with mission, with a mission-minded heart, and, and, and are we living with purpose? To say, God... You have allowed circumstances. You have allowed experiences. You have given me gifts. You have given me talents. You have put people in my circle. How can I serve you and serve others with purpose and mission and to leverage all that I've been given for something that matters for eternity and, and something that is going to meet the needs of people, but more importantly, meet, you know, help people in their souls, right? That you know, and, and part of Micah, he, he just alluded to it. I guess I could have gone more in depth with this, but you know, they, they want to help people with their needs. These are people in, in severe poverty. So they want to provide for them, but then, you know, along with that more importantly, but you have to take care of that first, then to be able to share the gospel and, and point them to Jesus and help their souls for eternity. And so for us, you know how how can we how can we do that? And sometimes it's like it's it's frustrating to try to figure it out. It's like ah, I don't know, I don't know what I can do. I don't know what my mission is in life. I don't know what my purpose is. Well, we have to pause. We have to take a step back, and we have to be surrendered to to ask to ask God and say, God, God, I want I want to do Your will. Use me and use my life. And back to the vapor. Life is a vapor. And so are we are we maximizing life or are we just kind of going with the flow and 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 not much meaning? You know, for yeah, you know, I think many of us it's, you know, even even the idea we just we live for the weekend or we live for the next game to watch and ah, I just want to get home and watch the game, right? As sports fans, that's that's our our goal. And and I love watching sports and I, and I think it's great. And 
if we can use sports to to point people to God, that's what we try to do here here at Unpacking It. But but even in that, I have to I have to take a step back and say, okay, am I am I watching too many games, <laughs> right? And am I watching games just by myself, or am I actually watching games with other people and investing in relationships? And how am I how am I actually using sports as a as a connect a connecting point? Um, because sometimes I'm like, ah, I'm too tired. I don't want to reach out to anybody and even, you know, text about the game. But but usually that then opens up a conversation that, that builds a relationship and then we can get into some other more important things beyond the game. Because um, a lot of people are hurting. A lot of people, they, they, they need a friend to reach out. And sometimes it's when we're watching a game that, that we can do that. Um, so I, anyway, I've got a lot of thoughts on this. The idea of purpose and meaning and mission and and using our pain is is something I'm I'm passionate about. I'm I'm constantly uh, you know discovering new things or or being convicted uh, in my own life in in these areas. And I've got to evaluate. Uh, okay, you know I know what God's called me to do with unpacking it, but making sure we we stay on track and and keep keep vision at the at the forefront um, and, and what we feel called to to do and make sure that that we're doing that and, and staying true. Uh, to to God's God's mission for unpacking it and for me personally for my for my life so very encouraging very challenging from Micah McElveen and again it's vaporministries.org and encourage you to check that out uh, and and all the other links are in the show notes but thanks so much for listening today I'm a little under the weather as you can hear in my voice. Uh, But thankfully, God gave me the strength to get through it, and we give him all the glory, honor, and praise. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by... MetaShare. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week. 